Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo! Y'all hear the sound of those sirens. That can only mean one thing. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Outsider's Edge podcast here on the Chairshot Radio Network, where we invite you to always use your head. This is your boy, Mr. Kyle Moores, and I am joined in 2022 by the Kenny to my Kota, Mr. Ray Cash Rance Morris. It is so good to see your beautiful face, man. It's good to see yours as well. Good to be heard. Good to be seen. Good to be here. Happy New Year to all those. Uh, yeah, I guess everybody in the New Year now, right? Like Australia's not like five days behind, are they? Oh yeah, no, everybody's in the in the New Year now. Well, Happy New Year, everybody, and uh, my brother. It's always a pleasure to be back with you. Thank you for holding down the fort for a little bit. Oh, you know, I gotta do what I gotta do, man. We can't leave the listeners hanging. Uh, but in all seriousness, though, anytime, brother, anytime. And um, it is really good to have you back. And I love you. I love you, too, man. And uh, if you if you don't mind real quick, um, I've been gone for almost a month now. And I just, you know, I don't have to, but I, I want to um, kind of give you some insight, mainly because I have a lot of people I want to thank and show appreciation to. Um, but I don't know if I've told you guys on air before. Some of you who know me personally know my stepfather, um, has been dealing with Alzheimer's, um, for the past eight years. And, um, he, we got the call on the 14th that we, he was expected to die and it took 10 days and he died Christmas morning at 1201 that morning. So I've been gone from that. We just buried him this past Monday on the third and, uh, 
yeah, it's been rough. It's been rough. It's been really rough. Um, not just because, you know, I lost a parent, but because I've been there the entire time taking care of him. I've changed his diapers. I've fed him. I've, I've, it's been me, my mom, and my sister. We've done everything. He was in home, in home hospice. It was rough. It was really rough and it's still rough. Uh, but I want to say first and foremost, um, to Kyle, to Carl, to Brian, to Mooch, to Rob, Bonnet and Daniels, to Mags, my God, to Mags, God bless you, man, to Tali, to Greg, to Tunny and Platt, every, Dave and um, Patrick, so many people, I, and I got more I'm going to go through. I just want to say, man, you guys have held me down. And Madeline, God bless you, Madeline. I love you so much. Um, you you guys have, Sam, have given me a strength at a time when I didn't have any. And I just want to say on air and to your face, thank you truly. You know, uh, I wasn't in no place where I was going to do nothing to myself and nothing like that. But I was... I didn't I was I didn't know where I was going to go. I was really in a deep dark place. Um I just watched a man that I loved my whole life die over by the time he was by the time he passed, he was so skinny that his neck couldn't couldn't hold his head. Like I'm talking like he looked like a zombie on the walking dead type bat. So I just want to I I I need to say that to y'all verbally not through text you know not through a message but verbally truly thank y'all i love y'all forever jeremy um but also so many people reached out to me on twitter king zach at uh zach from from lords of pain at king zach 13 my boy dj from mindless musings uh dan at coffin underscore dan reached out to me i appreciate that truly um uh my boy howard Schilling. Shout out to Arizona. My boy, I appreciate you, man. Uh, Kathy, so sweet. Thank you so much for reaching out to me. Hustle. Talk about a shock. But, hey, man, I appreciate it and I love you, brother. Thank you so much for just reaching out to me, man. I, it means everything to me. My boy, Maza, uh, from Lords of Pain, Mario. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much for, for being there for me. Gary Casella. Thank you. It it just it means everything to me that you guys took time out of your day just to send a well wish to me. You didn't have to. You really, truly didn't have to. But the fact that you cared enough just to send a message across the messaging site. Um, I don't want to take too much time because we got a lot to get into. We got like weeks worth of stuff to get into and it's going to be a bit of a long one. I apologize in advance. We got some nice breaks in there for y'all. Um, and we're going to get to the fuck shit here in a second, but I just needed to say from the bottom of my heart, I don't know how I get by without you all and everybody else that liked the tweet or they gave me well wishes or didn't even know I was going through nothing and just thought of me or the, the, the podcast or anything. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, man, I don't want to get all in the middle and shit. I stopped crying a couple of days ago. I ain't going to cry no more, so. Yeah. I'm just going to say that I love you. And we're going to move into wrestling because there's no real way to transition out of 
the sentimentals. Some love uh, to some fuck shit. I told you it fuck shit was coming quick. So anyway, no, let's get to the let's get to this wrestling. So it wouldn't be an addition of the Outsiders Edge if there weren't more releases. Oh, <laughs> Dear like, God. We're not going to list them all off this time because at this point it's just, you know, every fucking time. But um, I will say this one felt like the clearest indication yet that they clean in house of anything associated with the old NXT. Yes. Yes. Um, and you know, I will never advocate for someone losing their job, even if you're a piece of shit. I will never say it's a good thing. Some people sh- should not be employed, but that's not my place to say. And I feel for all of them. This is some fuck shit right after the holidays in the Mr. Cole. I get it. But I'm not against the idea behind what they're doing right now. And I'm going to tell you why. If you're really going to do some shit, you don't do it halfway. Right? Mm-hmm. If you were to move, you just you just moved into a brand new house yourself about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, what would it look like if you moved into that brand new house and you still were trying to pay rent on the other place you were staying at? It would be kind of stupid. Yeah. yeah. Unless you were just balling like that, that would be kind of dumb, right? Yeah. I liken it to this, and you'll appreciate this because you're a sports fan. When you have a general manager who's ousted, and I'm not saying Triple H is ousted from the company, just very clearly his duties have been relegated to other things. He's NXT is not his baby anymore, very clearly. Normally, the new general manager is going to want to put in their own people in place. So the new general manager is going to want their own president and their own scout and their own coaches and their own this and their own that. And you, you're a college football fan. A new athletic director is going to want to put their own step and their own this and their own that. So if you're really going to do that, everybody who was released today and some people shocking, William Regal, Joe for the second time, Road Dog, right? You know, Dave Kapoor has been there for 15, 20 years. He's been the head writer of every show they've ever had. Like, shocking releases. Gabe Spolsky, who was, like, the guy who brought them so many of their new talent, right? But if you're going in a different direction, doesn't it kind of make sense to fully fully go in that different direction? Well, you're not wrong there. I, I will only push... The only one that I want to push back on, and not even because of the release itself, but just because of the context behind everything. Like, why the fuck did you bring Joe back? Well, they didn't bring Joe back. This is the first time. Hunter oh. brought Joe back. But, but even so, You're right, but still, like, eventually Vince had to sign off on that shit. Like, and so my thing is, why the fuck did you sign off on bringing him back the first fucking time, if you were just going to let him go again nine months later. Now, my follow-up to that is you bring Hunter up. Like, legitimately, what's the last anybody heard about Hunter? Like, I know that he was dealing with that health issue, but, like, I am not even asking this to troll. I'm, I'm sure. legit. Like, what's the last anybody heard anything? So there was a video that someone took of him and the rest of the family and, like, some other board members walking in the new corporate headquarters in Stanford, because, you know, they're building new headquarters. Mm-hmm. So there, that was, I believe, in no, late November. There is also an interview that he did a couple weeks ago. Yeah, about maybe even maybe even as soon as a week ago, 
with some news organization about the new NIL deals. So he's not like turtle in a shell. Shawn Michaels also had an interview the other day where he talked, um, I guess a couple weeks ago, where he talked about how for 20, 30 years, Hunter's been the nose to the grindstone and never took time off unless he was hurt and always was this and that. And now that he's got time off and he got nothing to do and they won't let him do anything, he's like, it ain't so bad playing with the kids. He's chilling with the dog. He's kind of just sitting on the couch. And, you know, as you and I both know, once you get a chance to do some shit like that, kind of changes your perspective. I mean, that is fair. That is fair. But um, other than that, no, I honestly agree with you just in the sense of like, like I said at the kickoff of the segment, these have felt like the most clear indicator to date. Like they are completely turning the page on NXT. Anything related to NXT as it was is yeah. just gone by the wayside. It's out of there. And this is a new animal now. Well, if there's anybody to feel bad for, and Joe is one of them for sure, but Hachiman, uh, Hideki Suzuki, just moved here not even a full year ago from Japan, and now he's got to go back. And Kathy Carino, a.k.a. Allison Danger, just got hired a month ago. Like, when... According to the report, you know how that shit goes. When she got the news that she was getting let go, she was picking up her son from his first day of school at his new school in Orlando. <laughs> it's a cold world, dog. It's a cold world. And and help me understand. As much as I'm saying I get the releases, I don't think they should have been released, but I get it. You can't find something better to do on the main roster for Regal? Or unless unless he wanted to go. You can't find nothing better for him to do. I think so. No, I think some of those people were only still there because Hunter had something for them to do. Vince was done with them years ago. Okay. Okay. Like that. That might be the case. That sucks for Regal, but yeah. Well, and I'm not saying he he's necessarily one of them, but like I'm saying, Scott Armstrong and Road Dog definitely are. I was gonna say like Road Dog got released. Uh, Vince was done with the Armstrong family years ago. Yep. Years ago. They gave Road Dog that one last hurrah with SmackDown. And then other than that, like he was done done with that family. So the fact that he hung on as long as he did was mostly because Sean and Hunter were running NXT and he's their boy. Yeah. Um but like I I think that yeah, a lot of the people that were down in NXT were people that like Vince didn't want to use. Not even so much that he couldn't use, but he didn't want to. You know, and I mean, Regal's employment history would support that if you look at the number of times that Vince let his ass go. That's true, and Regal would be the first person to say he deserved to be let go because he was on that fuck shit. Um, although, man, since since him and Dusty kind of were like the forefathers of NXT with Hunter, Regal was as clean as, you know, as clean as a a preacher on Easter Sunday, bro. Like he wasn't in no trouble. He was handling his business. He was keeping his nose out of all this stuff. Anywhere more than any release that's happened since they've gone on this fetish of releasing people. Nobody's more valuable to to any company he goes to than William Regal. I don't think. I think he's the most valuable wrestling mind in the business. That's not signed somewhere. 
I, I think that's fair. You know, I think him and Joe could be a creative team on their own. Ooh, boy. And look, could AEW use them? Sure. But I sure would like to see them go to another place. AEW can't fucking sign everybody. And I mean, you know, in I just don't understand why anybody would want to work for Tony Khan. But, you know, what the fuck ever. <laughs> that's later on in the uh, but That's like, in the, business call the, the real team. question here, no, but so the real question here is they, they've fully committed to 2.0, yes. like at this yes. point, like this is clear. They are all in on the next T 2.0. I'm going to kick it to you with this question, Rance, because mm-hmm. it was a question you wanted to debate. Number one, but number two, you are an NXT guy and always mm-hmm. have been NXT 2.0. Is it working? Is it working to the level to be this committed, like we're going all in on this? So I believe that that is a nuanced question. Um, because if you look at it from a business standpoint, I mean, they're still getting 625,000 viewers. So you be the judge of that. But I think for the goal of what they want to do, I think it is a rousing success. And I will tell you why. First and foremost, this is the first time since NXT has really kind of moved from being like that underground show on Hulu to an actual show show, almost a brand-ish. This is the first time there's been corporate synergy, ever. Mm-hmm. They've never had corporate synergy before. It was Hunter's fiefdom, and then, like, you know, I think I'll give you some people. And you, you've seen recently, Omos didn't do nothing in NXT, the star. Rick Boogs, nothing in NXT, is a star. There's a ton of Reggie. Did, I didn't even know he was signed, and all of a sudden now he's been doing big things on. And I know these are lower tier wrestlers, but you can go higher. You can go as high as Braun Strowman, who never wrestled a match. Like there's so many people that Hunter wasn't using or wasn't touching that have gone to do things. But more importantly, you know, we forget that this has been a mogul, if you will, for so long that we forget the. Vince's best trait was creating characters. That was his best trait. His best trait was taking something and someone that came in, finding something that worked for them, and marketing it, marketing the fuck out of it. That was his best trait. That's why he became a billionaire. Hulk Hogan is not Hulk Hogan without Vince McMahon seeing something in the dude, saying, this is what you should do. Here you go. Macho Man. Bing, bang, boom. Andre the Giant. Yeah, you're a big dude, but let's make you the eighth wonder of the world. Bing, bang, boom. Right? Mm -hmm. That was his best trait. With all these indie guys that have come through NXT recently, Adam Cole, even as back as Nakamura and Balor and Owens and those guys, they're ready-made people. There's no character for you to give them. Right? Even when you try to give them a character, we turn Shinsuke into the artist. Still the same dude. Now he's building people from scratch. Braun Breaker was Rex was Bronson Rexsteiner. He and he just had an interview. The day before he debuted is when he found out he was going to be on the show. Mm-hmm. So now you have people like him who's killing it. Carmelo Hayes, who's made a, a stark change from when he first debuted, is now different. Now you have gimmicks that you can see on the main roster for the first time in a long time. People like Grayson Waller, who was just a kid who I thought was annoying as hell and didn't really matter, is on Raw now. Is one of the most talked about people in the company. Not on not NXT, in the company, right? 
and has a match with AJ Styles. Speaking of synergy, AJ Styles is down in NXT now. Riddle was is the shaman for MSK, and it was supposed to be Jeff Hardy who was supposed to do a bid in NXT for a minute. Like, there is so much synergy now between the companies and the brands that I feel like, you know, we found a lot of gems in a lot of cubic zirconias. I'm not going to call it Cole because the whole roster is former NXT people. But, you know, very there's very few Romans and Biancas and Sashas and, and Charlottes, right? Very few of those. And with respect to Sasha and and, and uh, Becky, they were wrestling before. Roman never wrestled before. Charlotte never wrestled before. Bianca never wrestled before. They made them, right? It's very few of those that came from NXT. Most of the people that were established, and I'm talking about like established, established, are mid-card guys. You got your Seth Rollins and your Kevin Owens, but there's not a lot of those guys, right? They basically make up the meat of the roster. Now you have an opportunity where you can send some of these guys back and work with these newer guys. And when you bring them up, now there is a clear understanding from when they were being trained, from when they were being given a gimmick, to now being called up. Now you have a place for them to go. Now you have a reason and an idea of what you want to do with them. Whereas how many times do we sit here and bitch about somebody getting called up? Tony Storm, she just quit. She she languished on the main roster for three months, wasn't touched because they well, had to call up a woman. No, but you you touched on the right word a minute ago in terms of synergy because the problem was for so long, and I mean we don't know if this problem we won't know if this problem is fixed until it's time for this first set of people to be called up. Yeah. Um, the problem was for so long. They build a character, they create a gimmick, they do a thing, and then this person gets moved to Raw or SmackDown, and that all of that is just kind of abandoned mm-hmm. and not never acknowledged or spoken of again. And so for people who had been watching the original development of the character and the, the whole reason that it got over in the way that it did, it, it felt very much like an, oh, so like y'all don't know what the fuck you're doing. Um, so what really remains to be seen, and we won't know until this next round of call-ups will happen, is like, is that synergy going to translate to now, you know, when a Braun Breaker goes to the main roster, he doesn't get like, you know, ignored and repackaged and rebuilt and redeveloped. It's like, no, this is just, this is what we got. Boom. This is who he is. That, that's a that's a great point because I want to bring something to you that we laughed about a few about a month ago. Remember the rumors and the, these are rumors. They to this according to this guy, he was never pitched this, but there were rumors that one of the ideas they had for Adam Cole to move to the main roster was changing his gimmick, cutting his hair, and taking away the boom. Right? You mean Adam Cole of the Undisputed Era on AEW Dynamite? <laughs> the the Era Undisputed, yes. <laughs> or the what, what does Max call him? The un, the unconsolable something. I gotta. It's hilarious. But yes, those guys. Um, future the future shock dragons. How about that? Yeah. Um. But yes. So to your point, these people who were in NXT for the crux of the big time of NXT, by and large, eighty to ninety percent of them 
were established indie guys who, quite frankly, could have, and as we've seen, are making it without WWE. It was just a destination for them. This wasn't like the be all end all because they clearly have careers before and will have them after. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to change something for them that you saw would be better for them on the main roster, would they really be behind it? Karrion Cross and Keith Lee very clearly showed they weren't. Right? They made small changes to that. Well, in Karrion Cross's case, major, but. And they went for it, and they were hurt by it in the eyes of the fans because the fans had gotten so used to this guy because I've seen Keith Lee wrestle since 2016 as Keith Lee, right? Now a guy like Grayson Waller, you could change him 15,000 times. It doesn't matter because he was unknown. He's a ball of clay. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you're not wrong. I think the other issue there is it doesn't just hurt them in the eyes of the fans. It also hurts them in the eyes of like Vince and creative because it makes them appear like they're not amenable. They're not team players. They're not going to yeah. do what I ask you to do. You're not going to, you know, all of the, if all of the successful people to like eventually win the strap have taught us anything other than the Romans, that is, it's that you gotta, you gotta take whatever bullshit, awful, terrible gimmick they give you. And you just got to run with it. I mean, remember when Big E was Dolph Silent Heavy? Yep. I do. Remember Suffering Succotash? I do remember Suffering Succotash. Yeah. I mean... Stone Cold mm-hmm. always says, the one thing that they can't take away from you is once they, once they put you out there, that TV time, they can't take it away from you once it started. I remember Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle having a milk chugging contest. I remember that too. So, like, don't even think that your boy is immune because ain't nobody immune everybody got a yippee ki everybody everybody's had a moment so yeah just you're spot on there and it goes to there there were rumors that keith lee had um an attitude problem i don't believe that shit for a second but i can see why those rumors would start if much like the rumors about why bray was fired it wasn't budget cuts it was because bray was getting more and more rumors he was getting more and more um, protective of his gimmick and stuff. And look, as far as I'm concerned, the way I see it, stick up for yourself. That's good. But in the eyes of management and the people that write your paychecks, it might not be the best thing. I mean, yeah. And so, you know, it, that's just a double-edged sword of just like, I mean... You can't be so committed to whatever got you there that you're unwilling to change anything about it. Facts, man. Facts. And it doesn't help it doesn't help the perception of your brand and all the people that come through your brand when the most popular people to come through your brand have said audibly, I don't want to go up to the main roster. That hurts your brand more than it helps. Champa and Gargano saying audibly and very clearly, I don't want to go. I'll retire or coach if I go. Finn Balor coming back down and saying the main roster is Hollywood, but this is Broadway and I prefer Broadway. Like, I get you're bigging up NXT, but you're making the perception of going to the main roster look worse than it already is. And these dudes ain't stupid. They may be ignorant. They may be dumb, but they're not stupid. 
I don't have a response to that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then let me ask you this. Um, we've run through some of the older guard, the older stars of the old NXT, um, Finn and Owens and Sammy and Nakamura and uh, Bob Roode and um, Andrade and Undisputed Era and all these people, right? Keith Lee and Karrion and mm-hmm. Ciampa and Gargano. So many of these, Alster, so many of these older stars who 90% of them ain't there no more, right? And then even the women, even the women, four horsewomen, Asuka, Bianca, Rhea, Shayna, so on and so forth. And I, 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 I believe, I'm pretty sure, I'm comfortable in saying that you're not watching NXT regularly now. Oh, but, yeah. I remember the last time I watched NXT. Okay. So you have these new guard of guys. I know you know who Braun Breaker is, clearly. Everybody knows that much. I know, I know who he is. I know of Joe Gacy. Okay. Um, and the gimmick, I'm sure. Is he the social justice warrior one? He's the social justice warrior guy, yes. And then I know of Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> the uh, Gabagoo, yeah. Yeah, Baba Ganoush. Um, and then I know of Car- Carmelo Hayes, right? Carmelo Hayes, yes. Yeah, yeah. He's the one that beat Roderick Strong. In a fantastic match, by the way. Um, um, and then Grayson. I don't know if you've even seen him or not, but he is probably getting the most pub out of all of them right now. Yeah, no, um, him I, I've heard the name, but I don't know that I would even be able to pick him out of a lineup. So he's Australian. Um, he he wrestles in almost basically looks like boxing shorts, but his gimmick and he's a he's a dancer and he's like really really athletic. But his gimmick essentially is like. Um, one of these, um, uh, so he's one of these social um, media. Oh, an influencer. Types. An influencer. That's what. Look at you. You teach kids. You know what I'm talking about. Yes, he's he's basically an influencer. So, so it's the Grayson Waller effect. He's, but the reason he's so hot right now is when Gargano re- left and had that very long speech. Oh, is he the guy? He's the one out, that hit him uh, with the chair. Him through the yeah. Out- it, that's him, yes. Okay. And then, of course, in the women, you've heard of Cora Jade because of how she dumped on Darby. I know you heard that. Yes. Raquel is considered part of this new group, too, I would I would venture to believe. Um, uh, Indy Hart- Rose has that, her little faction that's Toxic, like yes. People. Exactly. Toxic attraction. Um, Andy Hartwell has a new partner, Persia Parada, who Stephanie DeAnne, Steph DeLander, from, also from... Um, Australia. It's a lot of new people, and I've, there's a lot more people that I could mention that aren't uh, up around the card. Andre Chase is going to be a star, and he'll never win a match. And, and so, well, and I hear 2.0 is finally getting the reaction they're supposed to because they got Izzy's parents up out to paint. NXT, yeah, I mean uh, MSK, yes, yes, and they went back to being stoners. Well, good. They went back to basically what the Rascals were originally, just in a more WWE form. But like they're they are not they are they are open with the innuendo completely. And it's it's quite funny. Um so my question to you is what would it take for you? Because I think you're an interesting person for this conversation. Cause you may not be as diehard NSC fan as I was, but you were into it. Oh yeah. What would it take for these people? Because these are very clearly gonna be the next guard. 
of people on the main roster and the next, the future of the WWE. Uh, what would it take from this 2.0 roster to to make Kyle say, "All right, you got me." Um. So that's an interesting question because, like realistically i am consuming less of the product overall just in general right now um you know for a variety of factors like you know single kyle who had hours and hours and hours of literally nothing to do had hours and hours and hours to consume shit tons of wrestling Um, so like I think it would have to, you know, you know me, I'm big on storytelling and like fun angles and like it would just take some like really good fire stories. Um also I hate the CWC as an arena. I'm not a fan. You don't even like the new amphitheater look? I think the amphitheater no, look is fantastic. I, I just I don't know something about and it could be the plexiglass, which I understand why it's there, but like Okay. No, something about that arena setup, just like, I'm not a fan. Um, but, like, I will say this. Knowing fewer of them, I think, is better for the company long term. Because mm. I have no expectations for them. Mm. The only things I know are the things that they go viral for. And, like, I, I know the names I'm supposed to know, and I know the gimmicks that I'm supposed to know. And that's all I know about them. So I don't have any preconceived notions. I don't have any idea of who they're supposed to be. Uh, like, that could be better for them, you know, back to basics. So, basically, bet low, sell high. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Because here's the other thing, you know. And it's the gene. It's also the genius of Braun Breaker as a character. Vince is not stupid. Vince knows there's money in the name Steiner. Vince is not a dumbass. But I bring this motherfucker in. I make him Braun Breaker. I see if he's worth a shit. And then if he is worth a shit, then I let him be a Steiner later when I can make real money off of it. Hey man, if that boy ever uses the name Steiner, and you know it's funny to me. I talked about. I can't remember who I talked to this about, but. With the exception of Orton, Charlotte, and Natty. And even then, her gimmick name is not Nightheart, but we all know she's a Nightheart. Even on screen. It was at one time. Yeah, at one time it was. Yeah, but I mean, she's Natalia. But you know, you know, I'm counting her. With the exception of those three, what second or third generation wrestler uses their gimmick last name? Pillman. That's about it. I'm talking about in the WWE. Oh. And that and Brian Pillman is his is his actual name. Brian Pillman I Jr. I know. I'm just you you had asked a question and I you're was right. responding right. to the I'm question. Sorry. I'm popping myself. You're right. <laughs> um but I'm just thinking in WWE's lore, Joe Henning was was Michael was Curtis Axel. Um uh Manny Andrade was Andrade. I th- no, so I think I think in the thing in the case of Curtis Axel, like, Mr. Perfect was Mr. Perfect. So, like, you can call Curtis Axel whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, people knew he was Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning, but, like, he was also just Mr. Perfect. I agree. I The the, the two I'm missing are DiBiase and Rose. Those are the two I'm missing. Cody and Ted. 
Yeah, but I mean, Cody wanted his name back so badly that he like basically begged them for it. Um, but you know what? I'm a spare. I'm gonna spare Garrett tonight because you know he has to be married to that psychopath. Oh, did did you and Max talk about that? Oh no, I I, I didn't oh. get into. I did not get into her with Mags. I don't. I don't. We have so much to get to today. I don't have the energy for Brandy today. Um, oh, I mean, we can get to Brandy when we get to Tony because I feel like Tony and Brandy's things very easily blend into the same point. You're right. You're right. But man, I that woman. God bless her. I, but oh my God, that woman. Um, but you know what? You know what? I think this is a good time for us to hit a pause. We're gonna take a little ad break, and when we come back from the ad, we'll hit some main roster topics. And then Tony can get this fucking word. Thanks for helping us pay those bills, y'all. And if you enjoyed this show and all of the other quality content that we provide for you at The Chair Shot, you should hit up ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot and get you some of that sweet merchandise that, um, I don't know, maybe a hashtag journalism shirt in the <laughs> soft style. Um, it feels real, real good on your skin, I've been told. Hey, wrestling, uh, hashtag journalism. I've heard that somewhere before. Hmm. I wonder where. Um, speaking of wrestling, there yes. was a wrestling special, the first wrestling special of 2022. They kept reminding us over and over and over and over again throughout the night on New Year's Day. Um, mm-hmm. Day one was a thing that happened. Mm-hmm. And before we get into any of anything, can I tell you what my recurring thought throughout day one was? Please. The only thing that I have allowed Kevin Dunn to be useful for is video packages that adequately catch you up if you are someone who is not able to, you know, hit the product every week and mm-hmm. tells you what the backstory is for all of these matches. Then why the fuck I'm watching this special? And this special feels like an episode of fucking SmackDown instead of you giving me the actual, you know, don't show me a replay of the final minutes of the number one contenders match that happened. Tell me what the actual story is for this tag team match, because the New Day and the Usos have been feuding ever since they got back on that brand. That shit goes back to bend the knee for King Woods. And Mm -hmm. you didn't give us none of that instead you just show me the last couple minutes of some shit from weeks ago like what the fuck is this and then you go into the raw tag team title match and it's the same thing you don't give me any of the great story that's been told with all of these different tag teams trying to prove that like they're the ones that should be taking down rk bro i don't get none of that no Like, why are there no video packages in this show? And, you know, it's weird. This is the same company that normally insults your intelligence with the number of video packages and segments and shit that they do. And in this case, they went totally the opposite direction and didn't give you enough backstory. Kevin Dunn lives to perpetually disappoint. Truer words were never spoken. (laughs) He is white man. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I cannot confirm nor deny, but I confirm. Uh, <laughs> you want to laugh real quick? Uh, always. 
Impact has pay per view this weekend. <laughs> I mean, are they even worth laughing at anymore? Yes, <laughs> absolutely yes. Um, okay, before we even talk about the show, what do you think of the idea of having a, having a pay per view on the first day of the year? I think it was bold, but I was here for it. Um, I mean, I throughout the show found myself saying. A bold choice, Cotton. Yes. Yeah, Yes. Same here. Now <laughs> you you probably it was probably more bold to you than me because you're a college football mark. Oh no, I don't give a those games were terrible. Okay. I knew those I, games were gonna be terrible. Because I knew I didn't care about none of those games on that day, right? So I didn't the only, know the only bowl game that happened that I cared about happened on the thirtieth and my team won. Yes, I saw that. Congratulations. Thanks. Um, but no, I mean, overall, it was a solid enough show. All things considered, they had to very much pivot at the last minute. Um, my match of the night is probably like, just in terms of exceeded my expectations because I, you know, I didn't believe the hype and I probably should have. I know where you're going. Liv and Bex delivered and like, I did not give Liv the flowers that she deserved, but like, man, Liv is ready. I have one problem with her, and it, it'll it'll go away with time. But she, she, for the record, let me say, Liv Morgan has uh, has improved to the point where she is a main event wrestler now. Mm-hmm. Remember, only... remember when it was just yo 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 yo, <laughs> Jersey in the house two one three yeah I remember two one two yeah it was just terrible yes. Um no my only problem with Liv is that you can still see the one. Two, three, four. You can still see her counting her spots. And Alexa has had that problem for a long time. Again, it is. Com- I'm a nerd. Most people wouldn't notice it. So cool. And it didn't affect the match. The, 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 there was only one, one thing in that match that didn't go according to plan. And that was Becky pinned her too far from the ropes to put her feet on the ropes to give uh, Liv that kind of out. Of like she cheated to beat me, mm-hmm. uh, but dog, oh, you right, bro. That match exceeded. Oh yeah, that match like that match felt like a statement for Liv. Agreed. In, in the sense, like it almost reminded me of many many years ago when Becky had her big match at Takeover, and everybody was just like, "Oh shit, this girl can wrestle." Where the fuck is like? Oh my God! Did we know we loved her? Cause we love her. Um, it Good very show. much reminded me of that. It, Good show. It also reminded me of. It also reminded me of when Alexa was really hot in Smack, like at the beginning of SmackDown 2016. Just in terms of like people figuring out, oh, she's good enough to do this. Yeah, like she's she's got all of the things that are needed to like do this. I will say I think Liv is even now, I think Liv has now reached a point where she is a better wrestler than Alexa, although that yes. is not a very high floor to that is not a very high floor to reach, but like she is definitely a better wrestler than Alexa. And I mean Alexa's a what? Seven time champion, so that means she's at least a good enough wrestler to be a seven time champion. Like I said, man, she has improved enough to where you can see her in the main event and not be like, wait a minute. And Alexa is good at what she does, and she doesn't care about the rest. And you know what? That's the WWE way. 
You know, it's interesting because, you know, there are a handful of women on that roster who have been on that roster for a really long time, and some of them have improved a shit ton. Liv is, like, really, really high level at this point. Aaliyah has improved enough to at least be acceptable to put on television. Yes, which Um, took seven years. (laughs) It did. It did. But you know what? In that seven years, she's at least acceptable enough to be put on television. Dana Brooke's been doing this shit for ten years, and she, uh... Hey... She ain't as good as Lana. Hey, look, man, I don't want you to get hate in these Ada Brooks streets because I'm already there. And I, they already hate me. So I don't, I don't want you to be on the same wave with me. <laughs> um, any, any other match that caught you, that tickled your fancy? Because I mean, we're going to talk about I the Fatal Five. The, I mean, I could watch the New Day and the Usos wrestle a million times. And, like, it, it never gets old. Um... But, I mean, obviously we got to bring up the Fatal Five-Way. It became a Fatal Five-Way because, you know, Roman had COVID. By the way, can can we pause right there? Yeah. I understand that we live in a world right now where it is a very stark possibility that the majority of citizens are going to catch COVID at one point. I hate that. That don't mean we out there looking for it. 100%. I'm not saying I'm out there trying to, you know, asking for this thing. But it's a, it's, a, it's a stark possibility that at some point we may all catch it. I've been lucky enough not to. I believe you have too, but it's possible. Of all the people to catch it, the one dude who was out here protecting himself the most, I, I, it hurt my heart when I heard he had it, bro, because I know how hard he was trying not to get it. Mm-hmm. Man. But also, shows that if Roman can catch this shit, anybody can catch this shit. Well, and it also shows the importance of vaccines because apparently he cleared protocol and is going to call out uh, the new WWE champion on uh, SmackDown. So how do we get a new WWE champion, Kyle? Well, so when Roman got to COVID, the WWE did what the WWE does, which was put Brock Lesnar in a different title match. (laughs) That's what they do? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, dude, that's what the fuck they do. Brock came back and got a title. Like he he's gonna fight for a damn title. Period. We paid him already. Damn it. Not only is he gonna fight for a title, he's gonna win a title. Like I mean, you know, I, I and I'm not even saying like they have managed to do something in the last six months that I did not think possible anymore. They have made they have made Brock Lesnar not insufferable. What do I text? What have I texted you the past couple weeks? Brock Lesnar is the best baby face in the business right now. They have made him not insufferable. I did not think it was possible. Um, But like, so I give them credit for that. But at the same time, it's still it's like LOL Okada wins. Um, (laughs) We'll talk about that later, too. But yeah, it's like LOL Okada wins or LOL Cody wins. Like this is, you know, some things can be banked upon. Um, and one of them is that if Brock Lesnar back, he gonna fight for a title at your pay-per-view. And so, if the person that he's fighting for a title at your pay-per-view is not named Roman Reigns, <laughs> he gonna win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <clears throat> oh, man, that's funny. Um, first off, I think the match was really, really fun. And WWE match had Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens in it, and Big E. It couldn't be a bad match. And Bob and Big Bob, you're right. Bob Lashley. Look and look, you're right. 
And WWE seems to have a patent on fun-ass multi-man matches. So good for them on that. Because they don't overbook them. The problem that other companies that shall not be named, that shall not be named, but might have root beer in them, um, (laughs) is that they overbook the spots of their multi-man matches to the point where it just becomes a spot fest. Yes, I look. Um, there is a spot where apparently uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry and Ray Phoenix get well soon, my brother. Get well I was soon. Say, Ray broke Ray. his fucking arm in that. Match. Ooh, but they but they were helping each other do a move against the other part. Yes. Um, but my question, you two questions. First question for you: Do you take offense or umbrage to the fact that they pivoted from not having the big, largely built? Roman Brock match by putting him in the Fatal Five Way, and two, are you offended that E? We're gonna get to Big E in general in a second, but are you offended that he's the one who took the pin? I mean, kind of, but like, not really. <sighs> kind of in the sense that like. I don't, I I know it was a short-term fix because you wanted to put Brock on the card, and a huge part of that is just because, like, they're struggling to sell tickets as it is right now. Like, we got to call it what it is. They are struggling to push tickets right now, and he is the biggest star other than Roman that they fucking got, and if they did not put him on a card that he had been advertised for. And paid for. And paid for. He was already paid. Yeah. People were going to be pissed. So, like. I, I understand you got to put him on the card. Um, putting him in this feels unnecessary. However, like Roman or Roman Brock versus Big Bob is a fight I'm legitimately interested in. Now, a match, I'm not sure, but it's a fight I'm legitimately interested in. So, that was very fair. And Bobby even said that that was one of the reasons why he came back. Because he wanted that match. Um, I am not offended, nor do I take umbrage of the fact that they put him in the match. I thought it was the most logical thing to do. Have some fun, bring some chaos, give some interest to something, to, to a company and to a scene that needs interest. I was shocked he won. And I know that sounds sound stupid, but I was. I don't have an issue with him pinning E for one reason. I've I've always felt that winning a championship by the money in the bank makes you a champion, but you didn't win it. You acquired it. Right? Now, again, you still got, at the end of the day, if Biggie retires tomorrow, it's going to say former WWE champion, so it doesn't matter. But now I believe that him losing the belt and him being pinned for the championship, the best baby faces are built by conflict and stories. Biggie had not one story in his ascension to, to the championship, to winning it, to defending it. No stories, dog. It was just, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. I'm fighting for this, I'm fighting for that. People call me out, I'm going to defend. Now we got a real reason to sit here and say, all right, a dude who wasn't even supposed to be in the match pinned me. When the match wasn't even supposed to be a fatal foul, it was supposed to be me versus Seth. Now he can really build up to something, I think. And Garner even more 
um, not sympathy, but um, people behind him, and 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 you know what I'm saying. I I think this will be good for E in the long run and in the short run. I mean, I think it's good for E in the long run if they don't give up on E in the same way that they gave up on Kofi. And I know that Kofi was a unique case, but it's still one of those things where I'm just like, I mean, is this just a thanks, you did a really good job at your thing, and, like, we see how people like you, or, like, you actually going to treat him like a main Avenger? I feel like he is closer to Drew than he is to Kofi. And and there's a bunch of reasons. Number one, with respect. Kofi wasn't supposed to win that title. It was supposed to be Mustafa Ali. Number one. Number two, Kofi, with respect to how great in shape he is and the great wrestler he is, is an old dude. Right? He's older. Much older than these guys we're talking about with respect to Brock, because Brock is old as dirt right now. Mustafa Ali lost that push and Never got it back. I just, I just hope we don't. I don't get no alert from Sean Ross Sapp saying a deal alarm is gone. I will be. Bro, why you gotta put that out in the ether? It's already out there, bro. Have you not been paying attention? <laughs> um. Okay. Was Big E successful as champion? Define successful. Well, and, and you, t- you tell me. Do you think he had a successful reign? However, you define that word. Because some people look at it as, did he have, okay, let me give a little more context to the question. Right now, a lot of people are saying that Big E was a failure as champion or WWE failed Big E as champion because he lost a good handful of matches, most of them being tags, but he did lose to Roman, he did lose to Bobby, and he did lose in a triple threat match, um, I can't remember, and then this fatal five way. So that's I... part of it. You know what I'm going to you know what I'm going to say about Big E as champion? I'm going to give you a different name and I'm going to give some context to it. It reminds me of when Booker T was WCW champion. Mm. It's hard to make somebody the champion of a brand that has no excitement. It's hard okay. it's hard to judge the success of someone who is given uh, who is given the crown when the ship is like taking on water because it's just like okay the boat didn't actively sink while you were in charge but it also didn't lose any of the water that it's already taken on mm-hmm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. and biggie had won the title at a time when Yes, the company is more financially successful than it's ever been. I'm not saying it's the same as WCW in that regard. The company sure. is like immensely financially successful, but attendance is down. Ticket sales are down. Merch sales are down. Um, the economy is in a weird place right now where like jobs are being created, but there's also like record resignations and people not going back to work and so, like, the economy's in this really weird place, and, I mean, we don't talk about TV ratings, so we're not even going to bring those numbers up because, like, whatever. But just by, like, the metrics of putting asses in seats, the company is struggling right now. SmackDown is sold out tomorrow, and it's the first legit TV sellout in months. 
And yeah, some of that was COVID, but some of that was just other factors that had been brewing under the surface for a long time. And when you add to that the fact that from a PR standpoint, among its diehard fan base, the people who buy tickets to shows and pay money for merchandise, the company has never been harder to like mm-hmm. than right now. Because every time you're reading about them, it is because they are firing people during all of this economic chaos. And so I think it's really hard to think about, oh, was Big E a successful champion? Well, successful in the sense that this is a guy who everybody likes to a person and that everyone to a person was excited to see as champion and was like rooting for. Um, In that regard, fuck yeah, he uh, he was a success. You know, like Amanda Huber said after he lost the title, Always my WWE champion. Yeah. Like, you know, in that regard, absolutely successful. In the sense of, like, creative, not so much because, like you said, he never had an actual story. But I wasn't expecting him to have a story because when was Big E the champion? During the, oh, here you go, we'll give you the title for a month window. Yeah. He During got the, the football Jeff- season. He got the Jeff Hardy title reign. He got the Dean Ambrose title reign. Yeah. He, you know, the like, oh, it's Christmas time and it's New Year's time and the ratings are going to be shit anyway. And like people like you, so it's cool. We'll try this out. Now we can market you as former WWE champion. I mean, you look, you you cooking with grease. I, I, I'm, I believe I agree with Danny everything you said. Um I think he's I think he's a massive success in two major ways. Number one, of course, I think that he has built himself up so strongly with the help of this title reign, even before so, that the believability is there. Like mm-hmm. it takes believability to stand in the same ring with these legitimate um, you know, pre existing stars. Right. People to say, Yeah, I can believe you can win. And I think he's built it, himself he, up. He feels it. more like the Big E who beat Seth Rollins for the NXT title now exactly. than he did before. Right, right, right. Exactly. He, he feels legitimate. The second is, man, I have not seen a wrestler have the better run of outside of the ring shit than Big E did these past few months. Calling, be, doing the the voiceovers and 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 the um for for the bowl games and for the boxing matches and uh you know and all the things he was involved at being going on the breakfast club and and hot nine seven you black people watch wrestling too those are the most popular radio oh, yeah, shows he's for the culture black, he's for the culture our heroes rock is coming out pretty soon he was on college not college game day what's the big noon kickoff for fox mm-hmm. in yeah, that's the big uh, in iowa one. Yes, that's the Big Ten one, and he played for Iowa. Yeah, like he he was everywhere as champion, and like to a point where like everybody in that company had to take notice and say, "This dude is marketable." And so, very clearly, WWE is not a company built on marketing only their champions. Because how many people have they marketed to the moon that haven't been champion? The Rock was very rarely ever champion. He's the most marketable guy they've ever had. So, so I think he'll get another championship reign, of course, knock on wood. 
But I think those two things have put him in an almost can't miss state. And um, if you go back and look at the history of baby faces, first WWE first world championship reign in WWE, they're all shit. The majority of them are shit except for what Austin and Cena and what Michaels. They all, Roman Reigns first championship reign was five minutes and 15 seconds. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like these, they don't, that's just the WWE trope. So the fact that he lasts as long as he did, the fact that he beat the people that he did, he remember he beat Drew McIntyre clean in uh, the jam in the sand. That's a significant win. Um, I don't know, man. Biggie's here to stay. Um, by the way, um, what do you think to do with Brock as WWE champion? Because he's going to SmackDown tonight as this show is will be will be coming out tonight, this Friday. I think they have Paul pull the swerve. Tonight? No, not tonight. I'm talking so like I'm thinking long term. And this also segues into our next topic. Um, I'm thinking Big Bob and Brock at the Royal Rumble. And mm-hmm. Paul pulls the swervy, the swervy McSwerve swerve, mm-hmm. and costs Brock the title on behalf of his tribal chief, and he, you know, returns to the table that butters his bread, while Big Bob takes the title and goes up against the royal, the royal rumble winner, who will either be um, Biggie again, or you know, that was how they convinced Kevin Owens to resign. Yeah, <laughs> hey, big dog, we got a real rubber win for you. You know, great minds think alike, my brother, because with the exception of the Kevin Owens part, that's exactly what I think is going to happen. I mean, I just feel like having Roman fire Paul and then Paul go back to Brock and now Brock's the champion again, it just feels too right for a Paul swerve. Paul don't do face. Okay? Paul don't do face. Um, unless the letters ECW were involved, you're correct. Yeah. You you know, I know you don't watch Raw, but what got me, and I was I was believing it for a second, like, maybe this is real. They had the promo, and it was a great promo. I mean, 99% of Paul Hammond promos are great. But um, Brock came out, talked a little bit, and then Paul, well, Paul was out first, and then Brock came out. And then Brock talked for a minute, and then Paul cut a great promo. But there's a part where they acknowledge the fact of everything, and Brock thanked Paul. Because the, 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 the best part about the storyline is Paul never left Brock. He just went to Roman. So, like, Paul was still advocating for Brock while he was with Roman. And so, and, and Brock thanked him for all of that and all this, that, and that, and the other. And shook his hand and like he was very respectful and loving almost. When they walked out afterwards, he put his arm around him and stuff. You know one thing about Brock Lesnar. Even though he is right now former Brock who likes to have fun. He's never been an affectionate dude. So, so it just felt weird to see Brock that thankful and appreciative of Paul. He's never been that way. I mean, it'll all be fine because this will this will long term set up the tag team made in heaven of Sammy and Brock because Sammy can come and swoop in and tell Brock all about the conspiracy. It's a conspiracy against you. It's a conspiracy (laughs) against you. (laughs) 
the Canadian alpha males. I'm here for it, dog. Please. Um. Okay. Uh, uh, speaking of Sammy, I will also say this. I will never get tired of hearing Kevin Owens refer to Sami Zayn as his soulmate. <laughs> that was random, wasn't it? It was so random. He, my soulmate, Sami Zayn. <laughs> I'm surprised Seth didn't say nothing about it because, you know, apparently they're best friends now. Um, yes, it is. They I, are I best know. friends, but they're not soulmates. Clearly. Very clearly. Um, Royal Rumble's coming up in a couple weeks. Um, in the Dome. In St. Louis. Um, so, I know it's a little early, but predictions. And I want you to give me who you think is going to win. If you have an idea, give me a dark horse for both the men and for the women. Okay, so my who I think is going to win, I already said for the men, is either of Big E or KO. Okay. Um, if I had to have a dark horse, um, King Woods. Should talk about a shot in the dark. I ain't mad at it. Okay. My dark horse pick is King Woods. Brock Lesnar retains the title, and King Woods becomes the first member of the New Day to pin Brock Lesnar clean in the ring. Oh, boy, if they give Xavier that that accolade, my God. Okay, I like it. I'm with it. Um, for the women, um, my pick, my dark horse, my only answer is Ding Dong. Hello. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Nobody's talking about Bailey. It's crazy. You know who's talking about Bailey? Bailey. Do you check her Twitter? <laughs> that is real. That is real. She is killing it with the Twitter game. Yes. Bad Bailey talking about Bailey because Bailey knows she can't miss. Uh, that's Carmelo Hayes' gimmick right now, sir. She's got to find another one. Um, but yes, Bailey don't miss either. Uh, so I'm I'm with you on Biggie as my favorite and my pick. You got to give honorable mention to Drew and KO, but Drew might yeah, not but be. I, mean, I was going to say the rumor is Drew's got like legit neck issue. He got to go have some uh, work done. Yeah, he's out. I just didn't know if he'd be back for the rumble or not, but he is out officially. Um, I'm going to give you a dark horse and you're going to be pissed. And I'm sorry. I promise I won't be. I promise you will. Okay. Goldberg. Girl, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> he got one more match. He keeps talking. About there's one more match on his contract. And they still ain't done Roman versus Goldberg yet. I'm just saying. Nope. No, thank you. Good night. I don't want it, but I'm just saying. Anyway, now um, to the women. <laughs> Bailey is my 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 favorite, too. Give her, I want to give an honorable mention to Bianca, of course. And an honorable mention to Alexa. My dark horse is going to be, she ain't going to win it at all. My dark horse is Asuka, and I'm going to give you her as my dark horse because she's clearly going to return at the Rumble, I believe. I think we get heel Asuka for the first time on the main roster, and I think we get heel Asuka versus Bianca Belair going in for WrestleMania. Who's the legend in the women's match this year? Who's left that they haven't done? Trish will probably come alive. No, but they've done Trish. I'm saying who's left that they haven't done. Did they do Victoria yet? Yes, they did Victoria last year. Jacqueline, they didn't do Jacqueline yet. Haven't they done Jackie? I don't think so. Hmm. They put her in the Hall of Fame, but I don't think she's wrestled. 
You know who I'd love to see, but she will never step foot in a wrestling ring again, but it would be a great legend spot for the Royal Rumble. Ooh. Stacey Keebler. It would be dope. Well, they got Tori back, so anything's possible. Yeah, but getting Tori back, I think, is way easier than getting Stacey's. Tori stayed around way longer, and Tori actually got in the ring. Stacey, once she stopped managing Tess and Scott Steiner, Stacey hooked up with George Clooney and was done with it. That's real. That's real. That's real. Uh, that would be a great get. Um, uh, maybe you can get Layla out of hiding. Oh, yeah, I could see that, maybe. Um, Eve Torres, because she's always floating around. Maybe you can get Eve. I always forget about Eve. I, see, I forget about some of the women from the Divas era. Yeah, that's what it's got to be. Because, I mean, who with Attitude Era you still got? Well, that's why I was wondering. No, no. You know who I wanted it to fucking be? I know she, like, retired, but, like, get let Jazz have a spot in the Rumble. That's a great That's a great shot. That's a great shot. I think let Jazz, Jazz have a spot in the Rumble. Have they done Molina yet? I'm not sure if they did. Uh, they might have done Molina last year, but if they haven't done Molina, they need to do Molina. Is she signed to NWA still is a question. Shit. Even if she is, that don't matter. You say that, but uh, Nick Aldis just resigned for reasons unknown to any human being alive. Nick Aldis just resigned because clearly he's the only person that that company is paying a real salary. <laughs> hey, shout out to your NWA World Champion Trevor Murdoch. Every time you say it, I giggle. <laughs> no disrespect, man, whatsoever. <laughs> shout out to Trevor Murdoch. <laughs> Yeah, but either way, I mean, the Royal Rumble means it's WrestleMania season, so, like, it's about to go down, y'all. Uh, oh, that is a good question about the about the legends for the women. That's a good question. And it's we'll something see. we'll pontificate on further as we get closer to the Rumble. So, yes. in the meantime, though, we are going to take another real quick ad break, pay a couple more bills, and then we got to come back and, man, we got to have... A real come to Jesus meeting that we did not plan on having last week. Oh boy. Thanks for helping us pay those bills again, y'all. Again, www.prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Get you some merch. Um, y'all, I ain't going to lead into this with anything big or philosophical. I'm going to just kick it to rants with the following words. Tony Khan is a little punk ass bitch. So yours. Thank you. Um, I, I want to give one quick explanation real fast. Um, I've taken umbrage with Tony Khan from the beginning of the, the incarnation of AEW for reasons that a lot of I've been criticized for because I have been I have been most of my life a big WWE supporter and Vince McMahon is as close to Satan as we'll probably get on this earth. And I'm being facetious and honest at the same time. But my issue with Tony Khan have been simply this. Vince, everything Vince does is under the guise of business and it's fucked up and it's horrible and it's reprehensible, but at least you can say it's never personal as business. Everything with Tony Khan is personal. Tony Khan is a money mark who got got by some indie guys spends millions of his his daddy's money and feels like he's one of the boys. And he can't shut the fuck up. Ding. That's he the won't. real thing. He but won't. that's the real thing about it. You know, you say again with Vince, and you're right, Vince is evil. Vince is 
a terrible human being. But do you know who we never hear from? Legitimately never. You whose Vince words McMahon. you never actually get unless it's the investor call? Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Yep. That motherfucker don't speak. At He's all. got it reminds me of a quote from an old, old, old show on FX called The Shield. With oh. Anthony Anderson. You remember Anthony Anderson's character in that show? And he was like the crime lord. And Vic is trying to interrogate him. And he's like, I got eight layers of fools. Don't even know who they work for. That's, That's Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon's got people on people on people on people. He has people that don't know they work for him. And you don't ever hear from him because he's smart enough to have a PR person. Do you think Vince McMahon runs his personal Twitter account? No. Do you think Vince McMahon even knows what Twitter is? Probably not. He's heard of it. Yeah, he's heard of it. But all he knows, oh, that's that bird app, right? (laughs) Tony Khan, meanwhile, can't shut the fuck up. Everything has to be responded to. Everything has to be contextualized because heaven forbid he not be seen as perfect and the best. Yeah, he, he's a mark. He's marked for himself. And you can tell because, you know, he was one of those message board posters in the early 2000s, late 90s. You can tell by the way he responds to things. So he doesn't shut the fuck up. Number one. You say can't, I say won't, because I I know he can if he needs to, because you don't see him talking shit about Fulham or uh, Jacksonville, but he's doing it. He was talking about how Urban Meyer was such a great coach. Well, <laughs> he is one to put his foot in his mouth, very, very much. And he also is a liar, because he will, it's lying to me. He's a person that will take the truth and manipulate it to, to where it sounds honest, but it's still a lie. But anyway, I say all that. I said all that because I just wanted to give some context. I don't even have to break this down. You guys know what we're talking about. Big Swole, a.k.a. Ariel Monroe, a.k.a. wife to Cedric Alexander. She is more than a wife to Cedric Alexander, but I wanted to give context of who she is as a person. It's important to the story. Uh, But Big Swole is one of the original women's wrestlers that AEW signed. In fact, before Baker... Baker is over. That, you took the words right out of my mouth. Absolutely. Before Britt Baker was, we as we as we know her to be, she was just another guy, girl on the roster who had a great feud with Big Swole, who Big, Big Swole won that feud, by the way, which led to the beginning of Britt Baker's ascent, ascension to one of the top women in the world. Big Swole just recently left AEW. You know, Tony says he won't release people, just a mutual... Um, not uh, re-signing of a contract. She had an interview. First and foremost, Fightful, who who dropped the um, article, if you will, really fucked up on the way they worded the article. We'll get to that. But I do want to read the entire quote that's been going around. Um, she says, and I quote, I explained to, to TK... I didn't want to resign because my peace was being disrupted. If anybody knows me or knows myself, is anything if anything is disrupting your peace, it's time to let it go. It might be scared or be hard, but it's time to let it go. When uh, when Kenny said that, she's talking about how Kenny thanked her. 
excuse me, uh, for the Diamante feud, which, by the way, never touched TV, was all on dark. Um, when Kenny said that, it was a circle coming to, to an end because Kenny and I would bump heads sometimes throughout my time in AEW. To end it on that note felt good. It felt run- wonderful to end it at a place where we didn't see eye to eye, but we were there. So then she was. She also adds, my heart just stopped being in it as the reason why I left AEW. I felt like there were a lot of things, and I told them in my exit interview, there are a lot of things that need to change. I know fans of the company don't take criticism well sometimes, certain ones. Know this. This is somebody from the inside. The structure is a little off. It's fine to be loose, but I like to have a little bit more structure. I felt like the women shouldn't have gone through everything they went through just to get on TV or get time. You're signed to this big company. You should get time. All these men are getting time, but the women weren't getting anything or you're not putting people on TV because more people are coming in. Okay? There are more people coming in, but you don't have enough product for all of these people. Now, you have all these people sitting around having two or three minute matches on dark doesn't keep me happy. Shoveling more money doesn't keep a person happy. We've seen time and time again, especially in a place where there's not enough space. There is no writers, in a sense. Not everyone is comfortable writing their own things. Closed mouths don't get fed. That's exactly what that environment is. If you are shy and don't know how to write or are not creative, it's not going to work unless they want it to work for you. As one of their biggest issues. Now that we haven't even talked about what people are talking about, but I want to read the entire quote to let people know that this is not just about black folk and diversity. She really gave a a, a genuine look at her time there. Well, let's get to diversity and, and representation. Outside of a lack of structure, their biggest issue, which is diversity. I do not beat around the bush when it comes to diversity and my people. There is no representation, truly, and when there is, it does not come across in the black community as genuine at Mm. all. Mm. I don't know why everybody is so afraid to accept it or say it, but it's not a good look. What happens is you have this wonderful company that treats people like family, but there is nobody that looks like me that is represented at the top and in the room with them. They are not helping to necessarily influence decisions, but to explain why certain slang and certain words shouldn't be said. Hi, Brandy. There is one. There is no one else who can explain our culture and experience except for us. I knew something was up when my daughter, who loves watching wrestling, she would watch AEW all the time and seldomly watch WWE. She's not a big fan unless dad, Cedric Alexander, that's why I brought him up earlier was on TV, which stopped happening after they botched the her business facts. She would say, Mommy, there is nobody that looks like me on AEW. There's nobody that looks like Daddy. Then she started watching WWE because she saw Bianca and Big E. She saw herself represented. If that wasn't a click, you're absolutely right. I don't have an explanation. It's 2021. Why are people saying it'll take three years for AEW to have a black champ? This is a scripted sport. It should not take that long if you've been watching WWE for 50 plus years and you know what not to do. 
Last part here. I believe that the company is making better strides than before, but a couple of things need to be fixed. You have to be able to call people out because not everything is perfect. I hope they listen to this with an open heart <laughs> and not just, ah, she was just saying it's because of X, Y, Z. I genuinely want them to succeed. I love this art form. I love wrestling and I want it to succeed and I want the people in it to succeed if they're genuine people. I want WWE to succeed. I want wrestling to flourish and I don't want it to be a long forgotten Tartarian sport where in the old days we used to wrestle and it's folklore. I want nothing but the best. But I also want the change in application to happen. With promises you made to be diverse, I want to see that. Not just for black people. I would love to see a Latino or Hispanic or more Asians. I feel like Asians and Indians do not get the love. They just don't. It's such a big gap. I hate the fact that I turn on the TV and it's the same stuff over and over again. Hopefully, they get the message. Me, leaving, honestly, was not bad. There is no bad blood between TK and I. I just don't like my peace being disrupted. And I didn't like certain things and other things that I will take to my grave. The diversity, that's what matters. And I, oop. <laughs> you know, when I was reading it, and you said it when we talked about it earlier, man, like, we've been saying this shit for two years now. Since the beginning. On this very show, we have been saying this same shit for two years now about lip service to diversity and how they aren't for the culture and how Brandy Rhodes is a fucking problem. Not just that, because I know the diversity and the representation is the biggest part of this, but it's being swept so much under the rug, but the structure of the company we talk about all the time. I can't let the boys be in charge of the books and how it's an issue. And like, I, I mean, you know, I just, I find it, I found it very serendipitous that this happened in the same week that Brandy made that whole I'm a black bitch comment. And oh, I thought boy. to myself, I thought to myself, I've been teaching in all black schools for 10 years, and that is the most inauthentic shit I think I have ever fucking heard in my goddamn life. Well, I, you know, there are certain terms I hate that exist in a real, but I just hate them because I try to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. But Brandy is the, is the queen of the code switch. And I fucking hate that term. But she's a, she's the, she's a queen of the code switch. And I know we, I laugh with all the other black people that I talk about other black podcasters. You don't put family business out there in the public. But for those of you who are unencumbered, code switching is when a person is able to switch from having one type of vernacular to another for the purposes of getting a point across or doing something to, to be I noticed. I want to know, but here's what I want to know. You're right, but here's what I want to know. Like, how her and Cody talk to each other for real, for real? Oh, when, there ain't no camera, when there ain't no cameras running, when it's oh. just Ethan Garrett. <laughs> I would kill to be a fly on the wall. How do Brandy and Garrett talk to each other for real, for real? Like, when it's just oh, the them. Man. Oh, man. How do Brandy and Dustin talk? And Brandy and Teal. That's the conversation. <laughs> no, shit. shit. Dustin's more for the culture than any of them. You ain't never lied about that? 
You ain't never lied about that. He didn't show him that. Um, dog. So look. By the way, we can't talk about this without mentioning the tweet. Tony Khan's response to this, which I don't was it even a, a full day before he, he, he before he responded? It was less than twelve hours. This motherfucker. What are you doing with your life when you run three sporting leagues? Vanity <laughs> searching and snorting cocaine. Um, okay. By the way, I love the cocaine thing. It's become a, 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 a not even a joke anymore. People have just accepted it as reality because nobody who has ever been around anyone who has done it could listen to TK for more than one setting, especially in these moments when he's actively on video and not just be like, oh, this is a cokehead. Like, this this man just rich and coked out of his mind all the time. Because less than 12 hours pass from this article where she actively said, there's no bad blood between TK and I. This was just, it was disrupting my peace and I wanted out. Less than 12 hours later, he tweets, What's, what fuck shit? The top two at AW execs are Brown, me and Mecca. Estimation point. Way to only utilize your brownness, air quotes, oh. when it's convenient oh. for you. Well, that's number one. Great point. Great a point that we don't talk about enough. That's fantastic. I might bring that back because that's a great point. You can't use your... Can't use your racial TK background great, when it is when it works. TK for you. and his homie that came defending him with that bullshit are a great fucking example of oh you want to be brown when we're talking about diversity and inclusion, but when you want these white folks money, you can't wait to show them how not brown you are. By the way, so that's the first part of the tweet. Let's get to the I have black friends. Yeah, seriously, Jade. Bowens, Caster, Dante, Nyla, Isaiah, and Mark Quinn all won on TV this month. Why the fuck the, can you name them all off the top of your goddamn top head, of your head in head, one dog. tweet? And why, head, you, and why you listed? Why are you listed? Because you got black friends. <laughs> you got black friends. I can't be racist. I have black friends. Um, the TBS title tournament has been very diverse. Now, here's the part that pissed everybody off. I think even most people like me would have been like, that's fucked up, but I, if he left it there. This is the part where it goes from being petty to egregious. I let Swole's contract expire as I felt her wrestling wasn't good enough. Hashtag AW Rampage, street fight tonight, exclamation point. And that, First of all, the most Donald Trump-esque bullshit. Well, and then and then here's another thing. I, I need to say this about their women, because they did have that street fight, and I'm glad for them that they had it and whatever. But like, a couple of people brought this up, and this part is real worth like real worth mentioning. Allie is on your roster, dog. How the fuck you gonna talk about anybody not a good enough wrestler? Liva Bates, bro. Liva like, Bates. That's number Chris one. Statlander, dog. But number two. But number two, like legitimately. Y'all gotta stop assuming that the only way to get your women over is by treating them like hardcore crash test dummies. That's a good point. That's a good point. Because, like, right now, you're turning them into a different kind of sideshow. You don't want them to be the bra and panties sideshow, but you also aren't gonna let them have the actual time that they need to, like, 
tell good stories in the ring. So instead, you're just letting them be the crash test dummy sideshow. And it's that's crazy. bullshit. It's crazy that the bloodiest matches in AEW history have been with the women. That is crazy. That is their way of trying to get the women over with their aggro, mouth-breathing, hyper-masculine, gross-ass fan base. And, and, and the thing is, I'm not even against... Like, Rosa versus Britt made sense, because they beat for a minute. It did. It did. But what was the point of the street fight? Oh, that one... This one, I don't know. That yeah, one was I'm supposed... No, that one made sense. Th- I'm yeah. talking about this one. What was well, the point? Apparently they've been beefing for a minute, but I don't know. I don't I don't watch all that fucking half the shit is on dark and on whatever. And by the way, we <laughs> this is the match he bigged up while he did swole and said I got black friends and said I'm brown for the first time probably ever in life. But the one thing people remember from this match is Anna, I believe it's Anna, mm-hmm. and Anna's really gotten better recently, so give give credit where credit is due. But doing a moon no, it wasn't Anna. It was Penelope Ford. Did Penelope. the moon Did the moon salt and practically decapitated Tay Conti on the table, and the table didn't even break. And they tried to fix it by saying a moon salt knee breaker. <laughs> that doesn't exist, dog. That doesn't exist, bro. Even Fire Pro Wrestling don't have that match, dog. It doesn't exist. She botched the spot. It's okay. It happens. She botched the spot. But to your credit, of those four. The only one that has shown a propensity to wrestle regularly good matches is Tay, and she just got trained three years ago. Not to mention, so like, let's break down who were the four in the match. It was Tay, Nyla, or not Nyla. It was Tay, Anna, Anna, yep, Penelope, Penelope, and Allie. And Allie. Okay, so you in the same tweet that you're hyping up the diversity of your company and the diversity of your tournament and all of this other shit. The last thing that you wanted to hype up is your all-white women's street fight. Tay is, Tay is, Tay is uh, Brazilian, but yes, she, she oftentimes works with the fact that she's a light-skinned Hispanic, yes. Which, again, most of you white people listening don't understand what the fuck we're talking about. It's a thing. Um, also, I think it's important to note that one of the reasons why many people who normally wouldn't be upset about this or upset about this is because... Just a few weeks ago, weeks, months ago, when Swole was coming. He was out here in these streets talking about how great she is. Yes. I can't wait for her to come back. She's a great wrestler. Uh, we're going to have, we have great things for her. She's going to be such an asset to the, to the, to the company when she comes back. Bro, Pepperidge Farms remembers. And it's, but again, it also comes back to something we said a minute ago, like, how the fuck have you not hired a PR person yet? Like, how, how structure, structure. did you type this tweet, see it in your drafts, and still hit send? I ain't putting his drafts on, but that was straight from the brain to the, to the send. And Where's even, Chris Carter when better, you need him? Don't press better, send. Then even better, after you got roasted in the replies, you left that shit up. But that's not even getting into that's not even getting into two other conversations that we got to have centered on this. Yeah, number we, one, there's so much. Number one, y'all, and this goes out to everybody. Everybody has done it. I've seen so many people do it, and it needs to fucking stop. Y'all, stop name dropping people of color that work for these motherfuckers and expecting them to do the heavy lifting. That shit is not cute. 
They are not trying to be dragged into this bullshit. They're trying to do the same thing you're trying to do at your job. Cash this check and not get in trouble. I have, I've, I don't think I've, in recent memory, I've felt for a person who had nothing to do with something more than I'd felt for Nyla. Because everybody kept throwing Nyla as the one divert. Well, but, but we can, but they got a diverse, they got a black trans woman as a champion. Okay. What was your, what, so what? What's your point? Why, why is she, first and foremost, y'all call her a man every chance she get trying to duck down on her. And then you want to put her up as like the crown jewel of diversity and representation when it fits you? Like, can you imagine how it must feel to be Nyla? She just can't go out and be a good wrestler. I hate that for her. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's number one. And then number two, you can't then judge these people when they come out with these like obviously canned, obviously corporate PR washed. How can I like duck away? We may disagree on that one, dog. But go ahead. Keep going. Cook. Well, no, my thought my thought there is like. Except for Leo, because like, damn, Leo. Damn, you you look like you were about to stand for something, and then you very quickly retreated into a corner. And and Leo had to gravitas because he stood up for himself against WWE too. So yeah, that yeah, but oh no, that, yeah, many got many got this work to get. But go ahead, please, please. But my, no, my thought my thought was like, I can't be surprised. I won't say I can't be disappointed, but I can't be surprised when somebody comes out with what is essentially a um a what's the word i'm looking well i know what word i'm looking for i just don't want to say it the very uncle tommy response to to some racist fuck shit and and i can't be surprised by that because again you got to look out for your paper i can't be surprised by you looking out for your paper man I can damn sure be disappointed because silence was an option. So let me say this, because Sean Dean, Will Hobbs, you're about to get his work. But let me say this. It, this is a time when people, you're going to be asked about this. Ruby Soho had the best response. She said, in my experience, this is what happened. I can't speak to none of the other shit. That's what you say. I Yes. Because we understand everybody's experiences is different. The problem isn't that every, everybody's saying that Swole's experience is what happened. They're just not accepting that that was just Swole's experience. It's okay. Let's say yours is different. No problem with that. Now, I'm with you. Whatever you got to do to keep your paper, bro, I, I, I cannot take qualms with you. But I will say this. If your paper was in any way, form, or fashion going to be possibly affected by you not diving on the, ooh, I don't yeah. want to say the C word. Diving on the bomb, the number one, you in the wrong company. Number two, you need to get legal representation. Yeah, no, you right. No, you right. You right. If if you are being forced to, you know, pull some menstrual shit so that you can not be discriminated against in your workplace, that is and, some fuckery. And think about Sean Dean. Now, look. Sean Dean's a fantastic wrestler. Apparently, he's over all the extras in AEW. I think he, the sky is the limit for my boy. But he's one of the one that stood up and said, no, man, not me. My man is treating me great. I'm, I'm in these meetings, this, that, and the other. Good for you, bro. Is there, do you think it's 
I, I don't want to be conspiracy brother with my tinfoil hat on, but you do know that he beat MJF this week by DQ. Well, the first, one of three people to beat MJF now is Sean Dean. The same two days after he jumped on the grenade for TK. My thought wasn't Come even on. that. My thought wasn't even that. My thought was more back to, you know how when we were saying with TK that like listing off all of the black folks that you have let win matches on TV is not the flex that you seem to think it is? Yes. I'm a black person in the room with all of these people that are suggesting some racist fuckery and I'm not saying anything or putting a stop to it is not the flex you think it is, big dog. Oh, man, I like Sean so much, dog, but you're so right. And then Hobbs, bro. Like, you're the one we want to be there, dog. The thing with Hobbs that got me is, bro, silence was an option. Your name didn't get brought up. Nobody drug you into this nobody said nothing you weren't on the list of people who were allowed to blah 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 this month like you could have just pulled you could have done what your good buddy ricky starks did and shut the fuck up and starks on commentary he ain't talked yet (laughs) nope hasn't said a word he's like let me keep my black ass employed and shut the fuck up here here's what hurts me about the hobbs thing I could I could accept it better. I'd still be pissed with it. But I could accept his statement better if it wasn't so blatantly written for him by a PR person. Mm-hmm. Look, I, we did not hear Will Hobbs speak. Will Hobbs from the hood. And I'm not saying he's not intelligent because he's a very intelligent person. But that brother don't talk like that. My thought wasn't that, though. My thought is, again, that shit was written by a PR person. Dog, have you thought about hooking your boy TK up with your PR person who wrote this statement? Two for one special, dog. About giving, have you thought about giving this person's number to Tony? Hey, Tony, let me tell you about my homie. I need you to hit up my homie. Oh, man. And do, do you want to talk about Leo? Apologize, Tony Khan. Next day later, look, I talked to Tony. Everything's all good. I jumped the gun. I got, what we got, are we doing? I one question for Leo. I legitimately only got one question for Leo. How you feel about Mark Henry now, big dog? Oh, but don't do that. Don't do <laughs> How that. You feel about Mark Henry now, big dog. Don't do, you do that. Understanding his position in a different way, because that fuckery you just pulled sounds like you might be seeing the Mark Henry perspective on some things. You know what's funny? I was one of the few people that defended Mark on that. And you are spot on. Oh, boy. Oh, man, this dude just, it, it, it is, it, look, man. Oh, by the way, this is what I, I've been waiting to say this for a week on somebody's airways, whether it's yours or I finagled my way on another show. I'm really tired of the, well, we can't push a black person or, and I'm, I'm going to talk about black representation because I want to talk about representation versus diversity in a second because they're two different things. They're similar, but they're different. But I'm really, I'm really tired of this. Well, we don't have what black person you want to put to the main, to the main event. I want to, excuse me, I want to see to you the story of a young man named Adam Page who just three, four years ago was like not even the not even the mid card guy in Ring of Honor, hooked up with the right people in the elite, became one of their good friends, 
got put in their major stable, got put on their um on their uh very popular YouTube show, and by proxy was put in major situations and stories where we started accepting him higher on the card because he was next to Kenny and next to Cody and next to Matt and next to um what's what's baby boy name? Nick. Nick. Sorry, sorry, young bucks. And now, look at it now, when we see him fight Chris Jericho, when we see him fight Kenneth Omega, and we see him fight these people, Brian Danielson, we believe it because he was put in those positions to do that. Right? Mm-hmm. AEW is a scripted entertainment company that can do anything they want. They could have put William Hobbs or Richard Starks or Dante Q. Martin or any of these other black people, Lionel Rush, and yes, I'm calling by the first names because it's funny to me, or any of these other black people, men particularly, in any of these positions to where at this point they could be legitimate main event stars, but they have chosen not to. And that is the thing about it. You are script, you have the pen. You can make it whatever you want, sir. You let five foot nothing Britt Baker tap Nyla Rose out twice. I'm just saying, with respect, with respect, because this is not a diss. It may sound like it, but I swear it's not. With respect, three years ago, 90% of the world had never heard of Jungle Boy or Darby Allen or Sammy Guevara. And now they are three of your biggest stars. Why? Because you put Sammy Guevara with Chris Jericho, because you put Jungle Boy against every single one of the, the bad guys, and because you put Darby with Sting. Now, why do you think they work? I mean, facts. But no, well, let's get I into this diversity. No, but let's get into that diversity versus inclusion because they are very fucking different. And for people that don't understand what we mean by they're very different, I'm going to break it down for y'all. Diversity just means you got people that look different employed within your company. Yes. Any company could claim diversity. Any company could claim diversity because they could look at their list of employees and they could include every employee that they have and they could say, oh, yeah, I've got people from every racial background and every sexual orientation and most of the major religions in this company. Sure, you could say that. That's air quotes diversity. Mm -hmm. That's not what inclusion means. Inclusion means that, like, you're not just employed there. You have an actual opportunity to advance there. You are actually afforded a seat at the table. You have actual authority and are treated like a human being. That's inclusion. AEW has diversity. There is a very diverse roster of performers from various races and ethnicities and sexual orientations and backgrounds that they have in spades. They are a very diverse company they're not a very inclusive company okay and if you i want to say this very clearly if you are a white person you don't get to tell people of color what comes across as authentic to them if you are a white person and you are listening to this show or consuming this media in any form You do not get to tell people of color how things come across to them and what is authentic to them. That is not your place. 
You don't determine what is authentic to other people. Can you say that one more time for the white dude in the back that didn't hear you? It's none of your fucking business, bro. You okay. don't get to tell other people how to feel. That is maybe one of the biggest failures of, and I, man, I, I, I don't, I want to, I apologize in advance for making this very general because I don't want to, but I don't know how to be more nuanced than this. One of the biggest failures of Caucasians as a race or as a group, and I know I'm being unfair and I apologize for that, but is the sometimes the inability to be empathetic and just stay out of shit that doesn't has nothing to do with them. Because I there have been so many people, first of all, Big Swole is getting death threats on the regular now because Tony Khan went at her. Number one. Number two, so many white people have jumped into this by saying, well, of course they're diverse. They got Nyla, they got Sonny, they got Sheeta, they got Hobbs, they got all these. And the fact that you are still counting, Mr. White Person, the fact that yes. you are still counting so so blatantly that you can start just naming these names off is part of the problem. Yeah. Reevaluate your worldview. Yeah, that is the problem. I think that's the problem in a nutshell. Facts, facts, man. Like, it's okay to say, you know what, bro? If there is a situation going on right now in the gay community, you think I'm going to give a, my fucking opinion on it? No, because it don't fucking matter. But no, you know no, what no, I'm going to do? No. I'm going to listen. No, but hold up, hold up. I want to say, it, it, it's not that you're giving your opinion. You're allowed to give your opinion on it and have an Fair opinion. Enough. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is if there were an issue in the gay community and I were telling you how yes. the gay community feels about it, you don't have the authority to then say, tell me, oh, no, that's not how they feel. Right. Um, no, bitch, you're not part of this community. I am. So, like, I'm telling you as a member, this is how it comes across to us. Like, that's what we're telling you. You're yes. allowed to feel like Big Swole's opinion is wrong. You're allowed to think that she is mistaken. You're allowed to have whatever opinion you want to have about her abilities as a wrestler. But what you're not allowed to do is tell her or any other person of color what is and is not authentic to them as people of color. Man. 100% facts. 100% facts. 1,000% facts. in question determines what is and is not authentic. And again, case in point, we have talked on this show for two plus years. You yep. a black man, me a brown man, have talked on this show for two years now about how this company is not inclusive. This company forces a lot of things. Mm -hmm. This company comes across inauthentically and kind of icky. You know, I, I think I have taken such issue with how they have treated Sonny Kiss, who just seems to love them so much. But they tried to Sonny out, being so proud to have an openly gay, effeminate black man. Uh, and I, I know she uses multiple uh pronouns but you know what i'm trying to say yeah um and they just trotted her out just so happily like look at sunny we got sunny sunny's here and man has sunny wrestled more than three matches on the main roster in two years maybe more than five 
All they do is throw her on dark. Even she's to the another, point where they have major sports. I was going to say she's another great example of somebody who had a whole like storyline start, finish, and blah, 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 exclusively on fucking dark. Kier Hogan, who they signed, never worked and is trying to get out. Brian Cage is trying to get out. Like, they're not perfect. And it's okay to understand you're not perfect. And it's okay to say, all right, we're working on that. Even if you think that you are, your shit don't stink. Emperor wear no clothes. Cool. You know what, though? Shut up. Show me that we're wrong. Show me. Because I, I can't honestly say from this, from, from this day now and this day a year ago, they're better than they were a year ago. They are. No, they are. That is facts. They are making progress. Um, and I mean, I just think that a big part of this, you know, and we'll put a bow on this here and then we'll wrap up with something fun. Um, Tony has got to hire a PR person and Tony has got to stop responding to every little criticism and his fan, like the fans of this company, if you really care about this company and you really want it to grow, you have got to stop being so vitriolic anytime someone says, hey, this could be better. I feel for, I know so many die hard, but understandable and, 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 and reasonable AEW fans. My boy Sam comes to mind and I feel for them in the situation because they are putting on for this company so hard and are being in situations like this made to look like idiots. They don't deserve that. So yeah, man, like Tony, bro, you don't have to do every single thing. Stop tweeting, dog. Just, you know, take, take a tweet, take a tweeting break, bro. Yeah, it's a it's a new year, new year, new you. Take a Twitter hiatus. Speaking um, of speaking of New Year's, dog, go ahead. Let's 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 end let's with something end more year, fun. Let's end the year with some fun chuckles. So it's Wrestle Kingdom, man, and LOL Okada wins. Man, so look, first and foremost, it's a shame that I haven't watched any of Wrestle Kingdom this year. Day one, day two. Or Noah versus New Japan. I haven't watched any. Not only have I not watched, but for the first time in probably eight years, I've had no interest in. Like, I not no interest in a like I'm turned off, but no interest in a just like eh, if I get around to it, I'll get around to it. Maybe I don't know. I will say that there were two, maybe three matches that I would have been interested in. For sure, the first match, if you'd have gave me Shingo versus Osprey, I'd have been interested in that because they built to that all year. Mm-hmm. Osprey is a champ. He went away for whatever reasons it is, whether you think it's because uh, B. Priestley left him or because his back hurt or because he was Shawn Michaels and his ball took it home. Whatever it was, he left. Shingo wins. The the real world, the real world champion versus the current world champion. I'm I'm here for that. And then LOL Okada wins. That's number one. Number two. Anything Kenta does in that company, I'm interested in because Kenta is chaos personified, no pun intended. And speaking so, of chaos, I was interested in Yo versus Show. I cannot believe that they had Yo go over Show. I can't. But yeah, yeah, House of Torture is just not a thing for me, and I and I like the Bullet Club, but this is not a thing for me. Um, but so Kenta versus uh, Tanahashi, no DQ, interesting, right? At least on paper. And so I want, we're going to talk Okada here in a second, but Katsori Shibata no-selling the rules of the match and saying, 
supposed to be catch wrestling only rules. And he says, nah, strikes allowed. It is a shoot. And them losing their mind in the back because they're scared he might get another subdural hematoma. It's the funniest thing all year. And it's only like six, seven days into the new year. Shibata is, and who going to tell him no? At you going to tell point, him no? I mean, at this point, no. Um, but yeah, no, LOL Okada wins. I mean, you knew he was gonna. He's Okada. He's the bell cow. And the company is down right now. And they're like in a bad way. So what do you do? You call John Cena. And in this case, John Cena is Kazuchika Okada. Dog. So they tried their best to move into the new generation with Evil, with Shingo, and Osprey. And then they go right back to Okada. And who's Okada's first challenger? Naito. To be fair, though, to be fair, Okada is of the old generation, but Okada is still not old. Thirty-one years old. You're right. He's younger than he's younger than me. He's younger than you. Yeah, he's a prodigy, and the, he is. So here's Okada, in in a sense, in a sense, Okada's gonna have the Randy Orton problem. Yes. He's only like 36 or 37 years old, but he's been at the top for 20 years. And so everything that he does feels old and stale. And why are you still the world champion? Even though you're still one of the best wrestlers on the planet, that has never changed. But it's just like, dog, you've been here forever and ever it's, and ever. It's, it's why with respect to and everybody involved, and I know Jeremy and Josh are going to disagree with this, but it's why I've believed from from the jump, especially more than ever now, because clearly Okada won because it's the 50th year of New Japan and Anoki spoke at the sh- at the show and all this. And it's just I, I get I get the purpose behind it. But Okada's not along for that company. He will be coming stateside eventually. He has to. Yep, we're either going to get the American version of Okada Omega or Okada's going to sign one of them fat Vince checks. And you know what would help Okada sign them fat Vince checks? If Shinsuke said, hey man, you want to sign a fat Vince check? Well, Shinsuke will say that because (laughs) Shinsuke loves where he works. But Shinsuke came out and said, I want so badly to make a deal between WWE and New Japan because I want to work in the 50th year of New Japan right now. And if they can make that work, that that may be the goodwill. Even if just for one match, they could make that work. Right? Talk about the olive branch of goodwill. That may be enough. Man, let let fucking Shinsuke wrestle at the final night of the G1 Climax. I'm the, either that or give him a give him a full on match at Dominion. Shit. But 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 by the way, Okada wants a Punk match and a Danielson match bad too. So we may be talking for nothing because he may be AW bound. <laughs> so oh, no, nah, dog, no, nah, dog. You know as well as I do, you ain't got to sign an actual deal with AEW to get that match. AEW will give anybody a match. You right, which is such a failure of a business standpoint from them. It's good for the fans, but boy. You ain't making no money. Here's my real question, and, and we'll end the show with this. And it goes back to the AEW topic from before. Man, y'all talked all that good shit when Big Swole went after TK. What y'all gonna say when your white boy Brian Cage starts letting loose with his real feelings? And his hot Latino wife who ain't got no shame whatsoever. Zero fucks to give. What Santos, y'all gonna say that? been calling him out already. I'm, yeah, look, I'm... 
the year twenty the year twenty twenty two was a big year for AW. Of course, in multiple reasons, they just started um, had their first show on TBS. So how th- their trajectory on TBS is going to be huge. They're just starting to get their four quarterly specials. Battle of the Belts, I think, is in a couple of weeks, which is a big thing for them. So big stuff coming for them. But also, this is the year contracts are ending. Yep. So and like some of those people who very quietly said nothing aren't going to be so quiet anymore, and y'all gonna have to learn to be okay with it. One hundred percent. I I truly respect. Also, this will probably be the first year that an AEW star goes the other way. You took words out of my mouth. I truly respect, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, the fact that Tony says, and I don't believe him, but he's lived up to his word so far. I will not release a wrestler. I re- I appreciate that. I respect that. Now, releasing a wrestler, like firing them, and amicably parting ways are not the same thing. So I I can appreciate that when the contract's up, I don't resign you, we're gone. Cool. There's going to be a lot of that this year. And when I say big names, talking like Chris Jericho, talking like Garrett Reynolds, talking like big names. So... Yeah, yeah. What, wouldn't it be hilarious if... TK and the elite told Cody to kick rocks. I, I'm be, you, you're joking, but legitimately, I can see a world where Cody Rose comes back this year because everything he's wanted to do is done. And he yeah, has and Miz can finally have a match for him trying to take the Miz's life. <laughs> le- legitimately, legitimately, and uh, jokes, and you, y'all know I hate Cody Rose with a passion, but like genuinely, Cody has done. And I, I call it the Drew McIntyre special in that he left at a bad spot and has made himself, un, as he says, unfucking deniable. He is right now. Now, granted, I know where he is in the, in the scope of the show is not a good spot. But he's an EVP of a company that he basically helped create. He changed the trajectory of professional wrestling history with All Out and the the the, the um, beginning of AW, he has made himself a mainstream star outside of the guys' professional wrestling. He comes back to WWE. He's coming in as a certified main eventer. Man. What you think? Man, Cody Rhodes a bitch. <laughs> Could have said that better myself, yeah? And with that, y'all, you can find me on Twitter, at Dr. S'mores. You can find our good brother Rance on Twitter at. It was good to say this after a month. It's Ray Cash, R E Wise and Mysterio, C or R E Wise and Phoenix. Shout out to Ray Phoenix, C A S H as in dollars. You can find the show on Twitter at Outsiders Edge CS. Of course, we are part of the Chairshot Radio Network at Chairshot Media, where you always. Well, Tony Khan should always use his head, but he doesn't. Fucking shit, fucking dumbass. And as always, y'all, we here at the Outsiders Edge are some increasingly less young gentlemen doing everything we can trying to make it out here in this world. And sometimes we're going to hit you with some of those hard facts like, Tony, you need to hire a fucking publicist. Jesus Christ, dog. And other times we're going to hit you with them straight facts like, New Japan, y'all going to have to like generationally transition and soon. Quickly. But no matter what, y'all, we just out here chasing our dreams, and y'all have got to respect that. Because if you don't, well, it's 2022, and I've been telling y'all for the last four years now, we just don't give 
fuck. Even in the new year, still fuck them. Thanks for listening. We'll catch y'all next time.